This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network, hosted by the BatmanUniverse.net. Check out everything related to Batman and the entire Bat family at the BatmanUniverse.net, including news and original content related to comics, movies, television, merchandise, video games, and more. Also, check out some of the other unique podcasts that TBU has to offer. Consider supporting this podcast by becoming a patron on Patreon. Even $1 can go a long way in supporting this content that you enjoy. Look for a link over at thebatmanuniverse.net to offer your support now. And now, on with the show. Folks, and before just as you can tell, we still have Ian tied up, and we're still not happy with him. So, welcome to the all new, brand new Robin. Everyone loves the Damien podcast. I am your host, Theo, and I have with me. This is Tiff. <laughs> <clears throat> Actually, I have freed myself from the closet, and I will be rejoining the podcast. <laughs> Oh, yes. Damn it. And may I say that I am in full agreement with one thing about last podcast. Steph and Theo are revolting. All right. So, in all seriousness, I thank both Steph and Theo for stepping in. I was on vacation and I also got sick last week or two weeks ago. So they did a fantastic job covering the last issue of Detective Comics with Tamaki and Robin and Greater Gotham. So thank you both and it's nice to know that i can indeed take a vacation sometimes all the time (laughs) no we are we are renaming this back to the batman universe comics podcast and this is a very exciting issue because we are going to be covering the first issue of chip zadarsky's new run on batman uh, we don't really have any news except that uh, Solicits last time revealed that brandon thomas is writing another installment of outsiders for urban legends number 19 in september hopefully this is actually going to lead to an ongoing miniseries we deserve it for all the crap that urban legends puts us through and brandon thomas deserves it for doing such a good job on whatever it's called outsiders (laughs) on all the stuff he's been doing i mean i haven't read his aquaman stuff but like his outsider stuff has kicked butt let me tell you again he's the only writer the only writer who has me interested in Duke Thomas. And now mm-hmm. that I'm interested in Duke Thomas, I don't get any Duke Thomas because I don't get any outsider stuff. I don't get any Duke stuff. I don't get any Brandon Thomas stuff. So it would be all that more wonderful if that by the time this, you know, whether it's a one shot or it's a three part series in this in, in Urban Legends, that we get that little blurb. At the end of the comic that we've been getting, or everything else that we don't want, like Batman and Robin, that uh, we're getting an outsider series. Please, DC. You were supposed to get that in November. Do us a solid, DC. Do us a solid. Don't think I forgot that. I remember Brandon Thomas posting, yeah, we should hear something in December. I mean, in November. And November came around, and it was just crickets. So many crickets. I know we didn't have like any news, but so in lieu of news, I, I just like remembered that uh, Super Sons is getting a movie and they released the trailer, which was exciting. The voice actors are 
Yeah. And then I looked at, they finally released the cast, and they were, like, all celebrities. And I was like, oh, well, that makes sense. Uh, like, I think John is played by the 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 friend in the Shazam movie. But, um, anyway, I'm very excited, and I can't wait for it to come out. And that's all I have to say. All right. So, let's get started with our review of Batman number 125. Written by Chip Zdarsky, illustrated by our good buddy, Jorge Jimenez. Batman 125, Failsafe Part 1. In another time, as Alfred Pennyworth is cleaning things up in the Batcave below Wayne Manor, he hears a beeping from the deep, dark recesses of the cave. Bruce Wayne awakens from a dream where three different incarnations of the Joker gloat over the bodies of the Bat family. Bruce thinks to himself that he never dreams unless he wants to, and in doing so, it's a way to use his subconscious to piece together a mystery. Bruce calls Selina Kyle and checks in. She's sitting on a bed, and Valmont comes into her room, telling her that he just made coffee. Bruce ends the call before Selina can, telling himself that he just needs to let go of the past because there's a murderer on the loose, targeting the ultra-rich of Gotham. At night, the Gotham City Police have a residential complex surrounded. A man inside has hostages, and he's threatening to kill them. Batman enters and disarms the potential killer, but the Kate Crusader realizes he's too late. The two victims lie dead on the couch. Batman rushes back to the killer demanding to know who put this man up to his murderous deeds. Back at the newer Batcave, Batman watches a video released by Penguin justifying his murder of Colin and Clara Fitzroy. Penguin will murder anyone in Gotham City who has inherited over $5 million unless they give that money away to the less fortunate. Tim Drake, Robin, enters, telling Batman that he's sorry about the murder of Colin, who was a friend of Bruce's. The two chat, and Batman tells Robin that Bruce has an invite to the Flugelheim Gala, which is a wealthy socialite event and most likely the next target for Penguin. When Bruce walks into the event with an escort, Robin sneaks in through the sewer system. Bruce surmises that Penguin will most likely use gas to ensure maximum impact, so he orders Robin down to the boiler room. Robin follows through, taking out Penguin's goon and noting that the boiler has been outfighted with gas. Bruce grabs a utility belt that Robin snuck in before heading out to confront Penguin. The gangster attacks as expected, welcoming the attendees to their deaths. Bruce dons a Batman mask and intervenes, and Robin joins the fight. When Batman goes to take Penguin down, he realizes that Oswald didn't actually show. Penguin is really Clayface, and Clayface warns that if the gas won't work, the building will collapse. Robin struggles to open the doors, while Batman threatens to blow Clayface up with a special injection if he doesn't narc on Penguin. While Robin fights, one of Penguin's goons shoots him in the neck. Batman orders Clayface to protect everyone from the building, which begins to crumble, while he rushes to save Robin. Batman carries his son to the Batmobile and rushes Tim to the hospital. Tim tells Batman that he'll expose them. Bruce mulls it over, thinking of Jason, before deciding that exposure is worth the risk of ensuring Tim's safety. Bruce changes Tim into plain clothes and carries them to the ER. At the hospital, Penguin also lies in bed. Batman shows up and Penguin asks him how the brat is. Batman tells Penguin that Robin is fine. Penguin reveals he's dying of mercury poisoning 
and he rants about how the wealthy and elite of Gotham never gave him the time of day. How he did carve everything he out he had. Batman pushes back, bringing up the death of Colin Fitzroy. Batman believes Colin to have been a good man. Penguin, on the other hand, said Colin was the worst of them, gambling at the Iceberg Lounge and harassing Cobblepot's staff. Penguin tells Batman that he saved the Dark Knight for last. While he can't kill Batman, Penguin can certainly end him. Cobblepot takes a cyanide capsule at the moment when he hears police sirens outside, framing Batman for his death. Back at the Batcave, Oracle checks in with Batman. Bruce notes that Penguin overestimated framing Batman, telling Oracle that crime is down and criminals are even more afraid of Batman. However, he realizes there's a mystery just out of reach. Back at Wayne Manor, deep within the original Batcave, that beeping scene in the opening scene starts again. A door opens and a Batman-created robot emerges, saying, Failsafe Online. So, was it worth the hype? Batman 125 is finally here. What did we just cover from? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, totally. I mean, I'm excited. The art is fantastic. The story is promising. It isn't <laughs> whatever we just had. Who was that? I've already blocked it from my memory. Williamson? It's okay. It was an abyss. <laughs> abyss. That's right. Ugh. Um, promising. And, and yes, I'm excited. It's, it's good. It's not bad. <laughs> That's all that matters. Well, I I knew from the preview that we got a while back that I was already on board for it. And so just getting through the rest of the pages only only solidified that. I got hiccups. Sorry. Yeah, but I'm I am I am I am if I wasn't on board and I was, I am completely and fully on board now. Bring us more. Yeah, I'd completely agree. This is definitely a, a really solid first issue. It uh, it does stuff we've seen before, but in new orders and new ways, and it does it very well. Um, we've seen a kind of evil Batman versus robot type thing in the intelligence arc of Tynan's Detective Comics. We've seen Robin get hurt many times, of course. We've seen Batman versus Cobblepot. We've seen Batman fighting criminals and trying to stop murders. So it's all classic stuff, but it's put together in a really cool way and it really moves forward and it feels nice. Am I the only one who was not upset with Tim getting shot? I mean, oh, this this reminds me, I forgot to mention this. I have to eat some humble pie because last episode I was on, I was complaining that DC just featured all their gay characters in one shots and they weren't doing it an ongoing well, they've announced a Tim Drake ongoing, which means, no, I wasn't upset about Tim getting shot, because obviously they're not going to announce an ongoing if he's dead. So even though I'm very, I'm still not happy, because I don't like the creative team for the ongoing, at least DC is addressing one of the concerns I raised. Yeah, I, I still don't think you have to eat humble pie. I don't think that's, I don't think that series is going to last long. You can only do so much of Bernard and, and Tim. Uh, don't remind me. And, and like and, and like you, I have zero interest in the creative team. Does Jorge's art seem the same as when we last saw him in Fear State, or does it feel like he's changed his style for this new run? I don't remember what it was like in Fear State, but it seems... I don't know. Sexy. <laughs> it 
it's not bad in any way. It just seems like a lot of the lines don't connect, so I don't want to call it scratchy or even unfinished, but it's like a not bad scratchy and unfinished. I don't know. It's just the art style. Maybe it's changed a little bit. I mean, I will never, I will never complain about Jorge's art and his style, but that that page where it's Selena and Bruce talking, I just figured he was he was in competition with with Clayman or something for mm-hmm. who can who can draw the sexiest Catwoman, because that that panel with Selena was just wow. If I was a cartoon, I'd be turned on. I do think there's a bit of a change. I think this is a looser pencil. Um, he he really worked at doing some really tight pencils for for Batman with uh, Tynan. He had a lot of very distinct lines and a lot of really cool lighting effects. This is he's talked about trying to go grittier, and I really sense that here. There, there's a sense of of more looseness, more not uncertainty, but more I don't know danger or things that could happen that could go wrong. And I think that's that's good. I think that fits the run. Um, I'm very excited yeah. that he's back. Yeah, I, I think, you know, artists that can adjust their style to the theme of the story are great artists. I mean, if if, if Dan Moore drew every single page, every single panel, and every single book the way he does, you know, from one series to another, it could become quite boring. You know what I mean? But, yeah. you know, depending upon what you're reading... The, the art style varies a little bit. You can still tell, oh, this is Jorge Menez, this is Dan Moore, this is whoever. But the 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 great artists can know how to adjust what they're doing just a tad bit, going with the theme of the writer they're teamed up with. And and yeah, it definitely looks a little bit more darker and and not as vivid in a lot of the panels. But I think, like you said, it goes with, with what we're getting in the story. Whereas, you know, with Fear State and Joker War, I mean, we were dealing with Scarecrow, you know, and being drugged. And we were dealing with um, the, uh, we were dealing with Miracle Molly and, and her crew. And, and you were dealing with Joker and Joker War, which, you know, will likely be a lot more vivid, a lot more lively. And we're not seeing that right now. We're not getting that with Zadowski. Yeah. Are you mad about Catwoman and Valmont? I want to hear Steph's answer to this one. Yeah, that, like, this is a Steph question. <laughs> yeah, I really want to hear yeah. this one. So, no. Well, okay, I am a little bit, but only because Val- she's so, like, you're a murderer, get away from me in her book, and now she's sleeping with him in this book. So that's that's a large gap to have to cross. Um in, in her book, um, even though the covers obviously are teasing that this whole time. So I've been prepared for this. Um, and Catwoman's a sexual creature. Like, that's part of her shtick. And yeah, she's not in, Harley Qu- in, in Catwoman, she was hitting on Harley Quinn. So <laughs> Teeny Howard yeah. is all about that. <clears throat> it doesn't bother me. And I didn't quite catch the letting go of the past with him talking to her is probably this a horrible way of breaking them up. Uh, But it's been 80 years, and Catwoman is always the constant girlfriend for 80 years. If Chip Zdarsky doesn't want them together, someone else in a year or two will. It's not a big deal. It's fine. I've come to terms with the fact that they will never get married because DC sucks. So it's fine. We're going to talk about that later, though. 
somewhere else down the line, someone will put them together. It's fine. I don't. If it's not in Batman, it's fine. Well, here's here's what I'm gonna say. <clears throat> Theo, I ask, well, no, Theo doesn't know this. Um, Steph, cover your yeah. virgin ears. Um, what we see in Batman is not what it appears because I had the same reaction as Steph and then when I read Catwoman I thought this makes sense because I agree it's a jump from where they are in Catwoman to what we think we see here so keep reading be patient I have been very impressed with seeing how Zdarsky is coordinating with um the other bat writers right now i think this is this bodes well for what's going on in so the you're telling, you're telling me that i'm gonna have to start reading catwoman now because you, you gonna... do not i will okay. tell you what you need to know when it comes up i appreciate that but, but i i am just telling you right now um not all is as it seems well you know for me and and just to be fair i ruined steph's virgin ears a couple of weeks ago when I spoiled it for her. So she's kind of made me pay for it. But, you know, as we you know discussed a few episodes ago, you know, I think DC, DC has been teasing, even though Ian's saying it's not what we think, but DC is moving. I, I think DC is moving Bruce away from Selena anyway, you know, with, with, Talia being around so much and I just think they're grooming us so that when it happens it just oh yeah there it is okay well so, here's here's a couple things I'll say and Steph that was as spoilery as I'm getting I feel like I wasn't very spoilery <laughs> um, but I, I have two things that I want to say about what I think is going on here number one we know from James Tynan's newsletters which I have helpfully recapped in my inside uh batman columns plug plug um editorial told james tynan they had that he had to break batman and catwoman up james tynan resisted this he said that they were on a break but they weren't really seeing other people and they still had a connection with each other so we know that editorial for whatever reason has decided that they want some more distance between batman and catwoman right now um despite that ram v and tynan both played with that romance they they kept it somewhat alive even though they weren't regularly together it's possible given that we're now with williamson and uh chip zadarsky two writers away that editorial is stronger and they're going to really insist that they break them up i don't know but it's possible however if you look at what chip zadarsky's done with daredevil he's done a lot of really uh, emotional ups and downs and roller coasters with Matt uh, Murdoch's uh, love life. So True. my guess is he probably will try and do some similar things with Bruce Wayne. Um, and I think if you start with him together and happy with Catwoman to, to get some drama out of the relationship, you would want to break them up. So I would say that it would make more sense for him to start with them in a rockier place and then try and build to them together to create a relational, you know, that soap opera tension. So I think that there's still a chance, um, uh, given how he's writing uh, Daredevil and Elektra, I think he could go for a similar uh, sort of vibe, sort of relational vibe with 
Batman and Catwoman, because they are very similar in a lot of ways, although Talia is actually much more similar to Elektra than Catwoman. But I don't think DC is interested in making Talia a regular love interest. Any other thoughts on that? I, I don't care one way or the other. Whether whether he's with his baby, his baby mama or his 80-year-old love interest, either one. Or if they're going to even bring back Jezebel, that'll really... <laughs> oh, that's the thing I wrote. Man, what is with it? Jezebel just sucks so much. She's such a terrible character. So I always bring her up. Mm. I mean, come on. Silver St. Cloud and Julie Madison and Vicky Vale are so much better than Jesse Jet. Vicky Vale deserves another ch- another shot. I want to see a big Vicky Vale love story sometime in Batman. Come on. Let's let's see it happen. Bruce's relationship with Julie in Snyder's run was probably the most enjoyable thing in that run. And the way it ended just sucked almost as much as being Dick at the end of uh, Uber Rick's run. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. I liked the Julie thing, and I thought that the way they ended it was like, oh, you like that thing? Well, here's a kick of the nuts. At least Tom King ended with them, with Batman and Catwoman together, even if he wasn't allowed to marry them. Last question for this issue. How does Batman 125 compare to Batman 86 and Batman 118, the first issues of Tynan's run and Williamson's run? Dude, remembering... Uh, well, hold on. Did... did Williamson started with Abyss, right? Correct. Yes. Like, that was his first issue. That sucked. That sucked, but that was horrible. That was, that was the worst. Um, so it's a billion times better than that. And then Tynan... Did he start with the the? It was the question mark spine. It was spine and the designer. (laughs) I I was slow to get on that boat. I hated the art, and the designer was totally uncool. (laughs) But it. I will agree. uh, The designer kind of sucked. I think if we're talking first issues only, I liked this one better than both of those. Yep, that's, I'm and, just doing first issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. What she said. I mean, <laughs> it, it, it. No disrespect to JT and what he did for Batman continuity in in his two years on Batman, but this first issue under Chip Zdarsky, like I said, I've I've been waiting for this ever since. Um, I started reading Batman the Night, actually. So, you know, now having him on the main book, uh, I am on board. So, of the three, uh, 125 is on top. So, I really liked Batman 86. I thought it was really cool, and I wasn't sure if I wanted to keep collecting Batman. And James Tynan convinced me in that first issue that I did. So, I definitely liked it. Um, I need, I need, here comes the butt. It comes the butt, y'all. But, but this is stronger. Uh, this is <laughs> this is splashier. It has the sense of a story that's got uh, more direction. And some of this is difficult because, as I said, I have been writing these things on James Tynan's blog, and like knowing what I know about how James Tynan wrote his Batman run now, I'm surprised that that thing even got published because like editorial was yanking him around and changing stuff at the last minute, and so. I really enjoyed it, but it definitely, you can see where editor was like, nope, can't do that. And he's like, but I already wrote the issue. What are you doing? This issue feels much more like I've got a plan. I'm going to execute that plan. It's going to go forward. It's going to connect all the books. So now I will say this. Tynan did a good job of connecting all the books. 
Like, he, he got the people together. He got the work together. But Williamson did not. He basically ignored everything except what he was writing. And so it's nice to see Zdarsky thinking through stuff with other books, too. I think I would have been upset if uh, Williamson got his hands on the other books. <laughs> um, no, I just mean, like, more coordinating. Because, like, Tynan yeah. coordinated really well with Ram V and with... Totally agree. Totally agree. I'm, I'm, not, dis- I'm not disputing any of that, but... I- Williamson trying to coordinate the other Bat books, considering what we got in Batman. Yeah, no, it would have been really messy, and it all would have just been more Dark Crisis setup. Thank God that didn't happen. <laughs> all right, all um, I all I will say is, at some point, we need the Knight integrated into this. We, the Knight has to that world, that universe he then created. Uh-huh. It got to start appearing. On these pages, so Mr. Chip, I need you to make that happen. I totally agree with you. I was a little sad we didn't see that to start, but I guess it doesn't make sense to add Batman's history build up to just the first issue. But when you first said that, I some I I just somehow thought you meant Dark Knights of Steel, and I was like, how are you going to combine the two? That doesn't even make sense. You'd have to go really <laughs> multiversal, like. <laughs> But like I mean, that would basically it, but... be metal, and I don't want another metal. I didn't like the first metal, so that's fair. You're right; it would be very similar to that. All right, so we're going to move on to our backup, which is uh, Two Birds, One Throne. Writer Chip Zdarsky, artist Balin Ortega. At the Iceberg Lounge, after Penguin's infamous murder by Batman, Finbar Sullivan, one of the five families of Gotham's crime lords, seeks to take over the illicit operations in the club. Catwoman intervenes and subdues Finbar only to be attacked herself by agents of Ms. Aiko Hasegawa and the Yakuza. Before things get too heated, the Underbroker arrives from Joker War, and with him, a behemoth of a robot named the Executor, who will be reading Oswald Cobblebot's will. The Executor breaks up the potential arguing parties and tells them that the will will be read in seven days. Catwoman heads back to her apartment. Before Selina can get too cozy, there's a knock at her door. Is the executor, and he's going to pay to enlist her help to find ten people in Oswald Cobblepot's will. These ten people are Cobblepot's children. All right. So, uh, we have our second taste of Chip Zdarsky Batman writing. How do you think this backup works? Do you think this should have been part of the main title, or do you like that it's a separate storyline? like that it's a separate storyline honestly i don't even care what happened in this story the fact that he's writing catwoman's story as a backup gives me so much hope for at least their partnership in this run even if for whatever reason just he decides they're not allowed to have a romantic relationship i i still like them together i like their dynamic together so even if they're just working together or side by side i'm fine with that so the fact that the backup is a catwoman story makes me very very happy um, it's a weird backup story. It's also gross. I don't believe ten women would ever sleep with Penguin. Never mind one woman. Or what about one a woman Penguin, would though? Would a Penguin sleep no, with Penguin? No, 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 don't. Don't bring that up. Don't bring that up. It's not canon. It definitely is not canon. <laughs> I don't care what Tom King says. It's not canon. <laughs> reason, number, reason number one million Tom King's run was not Unless unless Selena ends up finding all his children at zoos because they're all big. Well, Tom King's run was great, but that particular plot point was ass. 
So, oh, that was so icky. <laughs> um, uh, I, so, I know. I, I love it. I thought so, it, yeah. Go for so, it, Theo. Let me just say, I let me. I'm going to disagree with Steph for a second. Yay. You know, typically I don't. Me, me and Steph are typically on the same page with a lot, but I will disagree with Steph in saying that if Bruce and Selena are working together, there's no way that it won't be romantically at some point. Yeah, you got there, there, There's just too much history. There's just too much between those two that will keep them from not ripping their clothes off. So if 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 DC doesn't want them together, they better not put them together. You know what I mean? Um, but so it, it, it's a little difficult for me to say my thoughts on how things are connected with the other books, simply because I am not following particularly Catwoman, but I am just happy to have a backup story that ties into what's going on in the main story again, you know. Well, it reminds me of that Huntress story when Tamaki was writing both Detective and the Huntress story. Yeah. Yeah. Or if we want to do for a really deep pull, remember back in Black Mirror when Scott Snyder was writing the Dick Batman story and then he wrote the James Gordon backup story and they both tied together? That's the kind of backup I like seeing. It's funny you mentioned that. I just pulled out issue one of that. Black Mirror is fantastic, man. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm hoping to get Jock to sign it this weekend. At oh, Comic-Con. man. You make me jealous. <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, I'm just, I am just happy to have a backup story that makes sense, especially with what's going on in the main book. So we know Penguin is dead. We're now seeing the the aftermath of that with you know people fighting over the the iceberg lounge and all of his assets and everything else and now Selena has a role to play in it so I'm all for that you know give me backup stories that do that and and you will definitely have my attention yeah I agree I uh, really like how this story reads he's got a great voice for Selena I like how it connects to the main book, and I think Baylin Ortega's art was really good. She's done really good stuff uh, in terms of art with the whole what's going on with Tim Drake. Um, Again, this is not an endorsement of those stories. I think they're really poorly written stories, but the art has been consistently gorgeous. So seeing her on the main Bat book with Selena, fantastic. But it's a little sad, discouraging, whatever, that they can have a Catwoman story with involving the Yakuza, like in the main book. But it's readable, unlike the main Catwoman book. Sorry, could you say that again? I couldn't hear you. <laughs> I was just saying, it's a bit of a shame that it's it's the same Catwoman. It's the same sort of story-esque that's going on. It's it's adjacent to the Catwoman book. But it's, re- it's readable, unlike the Catwoman book, which is torture. It is so bad. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> All right, let's go for a rating out of... Wait, wait, but is it Cecil Castellucci bad? No. Cecil Castellucci is like an extra layer of hell worse. Oh, that's bad. That's that's really bad. Alright, so how many evil bat robots would you rate this out of five? 
Can I say four? It seems too hard to be four. I'll, I'll say four. Given where we've come from and what we might have to look forward to, <laughs> I'll go ahead and say four. I'm excited about this. I will definitely give it a four. I might even go 4.25. Do you want to go 4.25? I will go 4.25. All right. I'm giving it a four. This is a splash. It is a statement. It is a fun story. It's good. Over on the website, Scott gave it a 4.5, so he is topping all of us. That gives us an average of 4.19 and a mode of 4. I'm back. Still doing modes. <laughs> you know what I forgot last time to actually... I don't think we did an average for the last book we did last time. I don't remember. I totally forgot. What book? No, I, just, I totally forgot. What book? Whatever book we did second. Robin, I think. Was it Robin we did? Don't care. He wasn't there. He wasn't there. (laughs) All right. So we only have that one book because DC has gone back to just once once a month for both Batman and Detective Comics. And right now, there is no book that I can think of that will justify adding to either week. Whether you are a first-time TBU Comics podcast listener a 13-year veteran, or anything in between. We'd love to hear what you think about this episode or any of the comics we discussed. Send emails to tbu at thebatmanuniverse.net. Join our Discord server linked at thebatmanuniverse.net. Send us a tweet at tbu underscore comics. Or, if you're a patron, leave us a comment on our Patreon page. We'd also love it if you left us a review on iTunes. We'd love to read your comments on the next episode of the Batman Universe Comics Podcast. Batman may claim he works alone, but we know that he needs the Bat Family. Join the TBU Bat Family and let us know what you think. Let me let me interrupt. I just I hate DC's this scheduling is just it's terrible. I, I just I, I don't get it would make it would make so much better sense if you put Batman and Tech two weeks apart. You got them separated. I mean, you, you, they're basically separated by the week because you put Tech at the end of the month and you put Batman at the beginning of the month. That doesn't make any sense. You can just separate them out. Put, these, put Batman at the beginning of the month, put Tech at the middle of the month. You know, week one, week three. Not week one, week four. Okay, sorry. But even if they did that, we'd still only have one book a month because if we did one episode a month, we'd have like 35 books for Greater Gotham to read. And I'd, that's a lot of books. Yes. Speaking of which, let's get into Greater Gotham. Batman 89, number six, the final episode of this movie sequel. Um, thumbs up, but I think I was confused. I need to reread it. There was too much time between the last couple of issues and the rest of the Yeah, wasn't it like five months or four months? Something like that. It was really long. And I got confused about what was happening and why things were happening. So tentative thumbs up. It didn't suck. It didn't suck, but it's a neutral for me. Hmm. Abstain. Did you read it at all? Uh, no. No, I did not. I didn't feel like reading all six of the issues because I didn't want to try and figure out what was going on. They weren't 
Yeah, I mean, I didn't dislike the previous ones, but I've never been an 89 Batman fan, so this mm. wasn't for me, you know? Yep, yep. Um, Batman Beyond, Neo Year, number four. Um, neutral. Meh. Neutral. You were so like excited that. about last time, though. Well, it was better. It was much better than the first one. But the thing is, so every issue has been so completely different. That's true. I don't even know what I'm reading. And, like... I don't. I didn't quite understand how we got to the beginning of this issue, and I mean, it was fine. It involved people I liked that were introduced last time, but it was, it was very odd. It was odd. Yeah, I, I know. I told Steph that I was going to read that issue after she she <laughs> spoke so highly of it, but I didn't, and I didn't read it. <laughs> so it is abstain. Abstain. Well, Steph did convince me to read the last issue and this issue, and I'm going to give it a thumbs up because I thought it was actually enjoyable. I was just more confused. If I if you confuse me, it's going to take me out of it a bit. So, anyway. That's totally fair. Speaking of confusing, Batman Killing Time <laughs> number 5. Oh, that was an emotional roller coaster. It went from this is the most boring intro of all time. It was fine. It was it was it was creative, but then it kept going and going and going. I was like, what the crap is this? And then it actually got very interesting and I cared. And then and then and then it ends and you're like, what the hell is that? Sounds like a Tom King book. <laughs> it's a Tom King book. <laughs> Should we spoil it? Should we spoil it? <gasps> Go for it. It's Clock King. Clock King's at the end, and he steals Jesus's eye. Which I mean, uh, that's a sentence you don't say every day. <laughs> this book is wild. <laughs> it is a neutral for me, only because I was forced to read it by these two uh, at my side. You don't have to read anything, man. Hush, hush. hush. <laughs> I was told I had to read it. So I read it and I'm still confused and so, only because I haven't been reading it. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Neutral. Thumbs up. I, I think I was either neutral or thumbs down on the first few issues of this, but Tom King sucked me in again. I really hope that it doesn't end up badly, but I have been enjoying the ride for the last three issues. This was exciting. And David Marquez's art is just gorgeous. Uh, Poison Ivy number two. Neutral. I'm. Ugh. At least this time she felt a little bad about killing all of the people and then all of the people that they were going to be touching and talking to for the rest of the day, which is a lot of people. Um, but I just, ugh, it's so gross. I can't stand this book. Neutral, and I'm not going to read anymore. My God, thumbs up. I love this. I, I, <laughs> so, so I was the one who was not interested in this at all, and after that first issue, I was like, okay, that's just as just too gory i can't do it but so she didn't ki- so even though she basically put the spores in everybody she didn't kill them just yet it's it, it, it's supposed to happen somewhere down the line but she wants time to for the spores to spread everywhere okay yeah got it. but less people died in this in this issue than in issue one and more people are going to die yeah but you know that's the plan anyway so but I am I am on board with this, and I'm not the I'm not the hugest G. Willow Wilson fan, but I am I am on board with following this only because I already read issue three, but I won't spell I won't spoil Steph's uh, virgin ears to say what happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I am I am on board for this, and I will only ask that Steph read issue three and then make up uh, make a final decision. But okay. thumbs up for me. I will read issue three. 
I did not read this issue. I didn't like the first issue. I don't like Poison Ivy. So you guys could read it without me. It's pretty. But let me let me let me just say, and again, I'm going to say this without spoiling. I think the story. I think the story you said you wanted is the story that we may get at some point, even though it may not end that way. I think there's going to be a redemption of some sort. Again. She did seem to have slightly more, like all the humans she met in this issue were nice. And she's starting, I think, to realize that not all humans are douchebags. She did kill the cops, but the cops were trying to arrest her friend. But, um, it's not not reason to kill cops, but, (laughs) um, uh, and she started to feel bad. So it seems like it's going in that direction. I just think that the body count is really high. Yeah, but, uh, and again, I think I think I think she will be redeemed in some sort. Although, yeah, some more people will die before it happens. But I think you will. I think you will get the story that you've been wanting for Poison Ivy. Ian. Well, if that happens, you tell me at the end, and I will check it out. <laughs> not gonna read it. <laughs> not gonna read. Well, I read it if it might not. And uh, some journeys. You just care about the results, so. I really don't like Poison Ivy. I just, yeah. I'm not a villainy person, and Poison Ivy is a mass murderer. I just don't care. Thus sounds like she got person. to you, is what it sounds like. Thus says the person who loved the Joker. I will always go back to that. Speaking of which, the Joker number fifteen. <laughs> uh, thumbs up, but I don't. It ended on kind of a, not like. You know, like the sound a balloon makes when it's finishing blowing out, and there's just not a lot of air left in. I don't know. Something like that. Like. Yeah. So thumbs up, but yeah. it, it's a neutral for me only because it it kind of went out with a whimper. Yeah. A deflated balloon. I mean, but to Tynan's credit, a lot of a lot of many maxi series end that way. You know, you you technically get most of the action in that penultimate edition and then a penultimate issue and yeah. then that final issue is just kind of yeah you know what irked me about it is i was like how are they gonna end this like punchline story because not as much as i'm not really enjoying it like there's a lot of bad things to happening to poor harper how are they gonna resolve it in a single issue? and they didn't <laughs> to well, be continued am, in the new book <laughs> i am not happy with hearing about the punchline story so yeah i won't be reading that one either sorry guys this is still a massive thumbs up for me. I love this book. See? The first time Joker. I read this, Joker. I agreed. It was a little underwhelming. But I went back and read all 15 issues plus the annual together in a row. And I saw the way Tynan was building. I feel that Tynan had at least one, if not two more years planned for this title. And that part of the reason the ending isn't quite as powerful is because... He couldn't, he literally couldn't build to it. Um, the threat of the network was never clear enough. Um, there are pieces of it that were, but clearly he was trying to set up additional storylines in the coming years that he just wasn't able to get to. I thought that this was just such a great story of noir. Like you could hear the solo trumpet wailing in the background as Jim walked the dark streets of the world chasing the Joker. And it's totally stolen from Silence of the Lambs, but 
the book starts with Jim plagued by nightmares of the Joker and it ends with him being able to sleep again. And I thought that was a really nice ending. It's not a big flash splashy ending It's not a super big victory, but it's the small kind of moral victory that you get in a very dark noir that Joker has always been. So th- this book is just so great. I am so glad we got it. I'll be very interested to see how it's remembered because I don't think it's, killing joke level in terms of craftsmanship even though i hate killing joke but i think it does just a fantastic job of just drawing from all over the dc universe in such a rich way and james tynan's craft really has this is like the peak of his craft his voice his character writing his thematic preoccupations they all come together and it's beautifully done by jorge uh sorry not guia march and um Giuseppe Camoncoli and uh, Franco Francavella and it's just this is a great book it is one of my favorite books of the last 10 years and it's a Joker book and I, I I can say nothing other than that it really should have been called Jim Gordon and then I wouldn't have to justify myself you don't <laughs> Joker y'all remember that yep bring that yep. up every time I tell you I hate Joker mark this day down I mean, you can mark the last two years down. I've been saying this since March. This book is amazing. <laughs> All right. Batgirls number eight. Thumbs up. I enjoyed it. I think it ended stupid because Seer is stupid. But that's fine. Thumbs up. Uh, it continues to be an abstain, although I still do like the art and I still love the variant covers that are coming out. But other than that, the writing team sucks and I just can't get with this book. But I'm starting to see cracks in the wall of others who don't seem to be liking the book either. So at least I know I'm not alone. I'm going to say this is a thumbs up because it's better than last issue. I'm mostly just glad that this arc is over because I am tired of Seer and I want to get on to other things. Batman Origin Legends number 17. Four stories that are supposed to tie into the various movies which haven't come out. So Aquaman, Flash... Black Adam, and The Batman. Oh, is that that what that last one was? What happened in that last one? That one was really short, and I kind of zoned out by the time it got to the end. I think they made them all, like, longer stories instead of too long and too short, so they only had room for a very short one for the last one. But what was it? I don't know. like, everybody? Something (laughs) Batman-y? Anyway, neutral. I mean, giving it a neutral because... Oh, come on. No, no, listen. The first one didn't suck but it was just a boring story the second one was horrid because mara was horrible it's like i don't believe you've had any etiquette or diplomacy classes whatsoever and you're a queen and then the third one what was the third? oh the third oh the third one okay now the black adam one was bad okay fine thumbs down and yes I don't even remember thumbs the, i don't even freaking down but it's not like so so okay hold on so the previous six issues were two thumbs and two toes down. This one is just thumbs down. Okay. Book is still terrible. And it's going to stay terrible. I, I, it's just, it's, it's, it's a shame that, you know, that Brandon Thomas's outsiders is going to have to grace this, this terrible book. You know, well, these were all just single issues. So maybe the, there'll be better things next week. Okay, but unlikely last, given that nothing else is changing about this book. When, when was the last time that Urban Legends has been just good? Never. I liked it, it has the never last six been months. good. 
No, you're no, I liked it. Okay. I, I have always the, the, hated this book and I will continue to hate this book. The <laughs> the, the Tim Dr- the Tom, Tom the Jason Todd stuff was good and I liked the Chris Butcher stuff until the end when it got weird. Um There's been there's been there's been some stuff that's been okay. And the guy that could see dead people, even though I didn't understand why it was in the book, I didn't hate that story. I like the dagger who we saw dead people. Maybe. I just uh, like I said Look, okay, if y'all want to keep Urban Legends, just make it, you know, Mariko Tamaki just doing a bunch of bat stories and outsiders, and I'll be on board. But it is terrible. It is a terrible, terrible book. It is a waste of 10 bucks, and nowadays it's only seven ninety nine now because they realize people realize that it sucks and they're not buying it anymore because it's terrible. It's a terrible book. Just give me Brandon Thomas. And at the end of the story, say, you know, to be continued in The Outsiders in the month of whenever. And I will kindly abstain from this book moving forward. Yeah, and I think it's telling that they're pulling the more popular stories out and publishing them as single issues or collections. Instead of, like, this book is not popular, it's not launching anything. Kill it, DC. Please. Spend the money on... Like other books, particularly an outsider's book that doesn't suck, because you're well, definitely gonna write it for it. The last one was a was a all the villains thing, narrated by Riddler for some reason, and I didn't get it. That's why I forgot about it. Oh, yeah. and it was it was art by Riley Rossmo. It's another reason <laughs> I pushed it. Yeah. yeah. Future State Gotham number fifteen. <laughs> Thumbs up. I feel like this book is crack and Steph is addicted to it. I'm addicted to this book. It's so stupid. It's so terrible. Oh, this is like so bad it's good for me. Five so, Batman. Everybody any fighting each other. Did any of the Batman die? Are they, nope, they... Nobody's no, dead. But, but Jason got shot by... No, got stabbed by Talia to prove that Batman wasn't on Tommy Elliot. And then they just left him there. It's so bad. I'm so pissed off at this book. It's so many thumbs down. And then Tommy Ellett found Damien. He's like, Damien, I think you should kill everybody. And so they go after And Damien's just like, sure, I've been in hell for 20 years. I'm good with it. Kill everybody. Oh, it's so good. You know, in the beginning, this book had hope because, you know, it was was supposed to be in somewhat of of a... manga style with being in black and white and you know the, the art style was different and we were able to continue with future state in some in some form and you know as Ian always said you know that was the new Batman Beyond but the end for me is Damian Wayne popping out of hell calling himself Batman 666 and Grifter with a face of fire and just now you got Dick Grayson looking like a doob. I just uh, I don't care. I really don't. Just so good. Uh, as as you can tell, thumbs down. Uh, just 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 kill it. Leave out misery. Please, please, please. I am Batman number eleven. Eh, neutral. It was whatever. Yeah, abstain. I've 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 given up on it. Thumbs so far down. This book is stealing Kristen Duce, who could be on The Flash. Now, 
I don't actually want them on the Flash right now because they got um, Amon K. Noelpat, and it looks amazing. But Kristen Duce did some of the best issues of the Flash before. So, like, ah, uh, Again, wasting artists, and this book was so clumsy and preachy, and I... It's a waste of all the characters that I wish could be in better books. Like, the way they treat Luke is disgraceful. Luke is a great character, and they treat him like he's butt. And Luke could kick everyone's butt, so stop that. He's not even in it, is he? Yeah, and they still take, like, ten pages to trash him every issue. This book sucks. And I have to read the next issue because questions in it. And I'm like, come on. Oh. It had had promise. It really did, but... I don't know. I don't know what went wrong with the whole idea of Jason. What Ridley was doing, and something just happened. But once they moved Jace to New York, it, I mean, it's all been pretty complicated since then. A few issues here and there were okay, but I just, I, I don't. I don't know. And and again, I'm the one that reviewed I Am Batman and, you know, and all of the other Future State books that Ridley did. And this is just, yeah, no. And because I wasn't there, Batman Catbun number 12. So I, like Joker, I sat down and read every single issue that I own. Now, it's not all the issues. Um, I didn't collect everything. There's about 50 of the issues of the run, including Batcat. Um, fifty issues of the run. Yeah, of of the Tom King. Oh, you 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 mean the Tom King run? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I read oh, it all you. together. Um, Sorry. And I will say this: so the Batman Catwoman series is basically a direct sequel to Batman Annual Number Two. It has three timelines. Um, the first timeline takes place right after Batman and Catwoman have their first kiss, and it's Batman and Catwoman trying to figure out. Catwoman's a villain. She, like, hangs out with the Joker, and Batman's trying to figure out how can he love Catwoman when she is literally letting children get slaughtered by the Joker. Second timeline is a direct sequel to Batman 85 by Tom King. It's Batman and Catwoman are together, Alfred's dead, and they're they're trying to solve the mystery of the Phantasm. Andrea, um, I forget her name. Bonaparte? Well, something. Beaumont. Beaumont. Yeah, Andrea Beaumont. And so that's the present day, because uh, uh, Andrea's trying to kill the Joker, and Batman's like, no, you can't do that, because I'm Batman. The third one is a sequel to the end of the Batman annual, where Bruce dies, um, and Catwoman, and it literally takes up one week later, Catwoman hops down to Florida and kills the Joker. And then the Bat family has to deal with the reactions to that. Honestly, I kind of wish that Tom King had written this in like, like three graphic novels the early days the mid days and the future days i feel like people wouldn't have responded as negatively as they did um i still like the book and i knew that reading it all together would be a pretty solid experience and i I do recommend that if you have collected it or if you get the trade reading it all together is the way to go it makes a ton more sense um but reading it month to month and especially when it started going you know three, four months in between issues, it was rough. It was very difficult to try to keep everything together. I think it's I think it's very nice. And I, I did get pretty emotional when Batman Catwoman got married and they called Superman and Lois. That was very, very sweet. 
I loved the art. I even liked the Clay Man art. I mean, the the Liam Sharp art. Um, it's um, it's a good book. I think probably the best thing about it though was the the Christmas special. Um, that was done mostly by Jean Paul Leon before he died. Um, which was basically the life story of Catwoman, starting with her being abandoned in a dumpster and ending with her dying. And that was just a beautiful little, or, or longer, it was almost graphic novel length story of Catwoman through through her entire life. And that's definitely the issue that I'm going to be holding on to most from this run. I'm glad that Tom King got to do this. I think he made some mistakes in how he chose to do it, but I still enjoyed it. Um, and that that's special, Batman-Catwoman special. Pick it up. Read it. It stands by itself. You don't have to read anything else. It's real good. Hardback Collected Trade comes out in December, in case you want to wait. All right. Well, like, I, like I said last time, I, you know, I had plans on, and I still do plan on reading everything together. Um, but um, I am, everyone knows my thoughts on Tom King and what he's done with Batman, so... Uh, it's good that Lee that Ian has done the work for me, but I still I still plan on reading it and giving it an honest relook. But don't yeah, have any and help. even if you don't like it, I think you'll understand more what he's doing because it was confusing. But if you read it together, you start seeing the through lines. It starts the the narrative start like hooking into how it's working together. Um, we had a lot of really great conversation. On the Discord, um, none of it's really excerptable. I can't really pick it out, but I do want to say that thank you to everyone who commented on the podcast. Um, I hope you enjoyed uh, my vacation week. I certainly enjoyed listening, and I didn't have to do any of the notes or anything. That was nice. Mm-hmm. Um, please let us know what you think, and let me read our support. If you support us on Patreon at a certain level, we will read your name on the episodes. So thank you to Lisa Slack, Ian Miller. Gerald Green, Joshua Lappin Bertoni, Rob O, Tim Garassi, Robert Lewis, Stephanie Mounts, Donovan Morgan Grant, Stanton's Grave, Donald Townsend, Ed Grouse, Captain America, Mary Garrett, Austin Davis, Johnny McCloskey, Cesar Diaz, Jessica Morales, and David Richards. You help us keep the podcast archives open and the website up, and we appreciate that, and we really love having you guys all be able to listen to our episodes. With that being said, this has been Ian. This is Steph. And this is Theo. And thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Probably. <coughs> Do you have your water and your cough drops? That's, yep. that's the joke, Watson. That's the joke of toxin working, y'all. A-Day is happening again. Because <clears throat> he loves joke. Long live. Everybody loves the Damien.